again and welcome to the latest episode of the Changemakers LA podcast presented by LISC Los Angeles. The Changemakers LA podcast is a tribute to the people and the places that work to make LA neighborhoods good places to live, work, and play. I'm Tanua Thrash Intuk, the Executive Director of the Local Initiative Support Corporation here in Los Angeles. In today's episode, we're going to cover a timely topic around What's happening around the phrase, cancel the rent? What do we need to be concerned about, worried about, prepared for when it comes to the potential evictions crisis that could be looming for folks who have lost employment and are struggling during this COVID-19 crisis? I've got a few friends around the microphone today who are going to, you know, sort of dig into this topic. I want to thank Tom DeSimone, CEO and president of Genesis LA, for being part of this conversation. Welcome, Tom. And I'd like to welcome Tak Suzuki of the Little Tokyo Service Center. He's their Director of Community and Economic Development. And finally, we also have Rudy Espinosa. Rudy's the Executive Director of Inclusive Action for the City. Thank you all for being here and for being able to quickly dive into this topic of cancel the rent and evictions. So I know I was recently on a panel at USC where we were looking at the looming eviction crisis. We've got housing stability moratoriums that are expiring, that have been extended, but could be expiring soon. We've got mounting rent that continues to plague many of our families who are unable to catch up and pay back. And yet we are within a system that you know looks at if what happens when someone doesn't pay rent, how does that impact the mortgage holder? And how does that impact our full economic system? So, Rudy, I know that you've been working with a group of folks here in Los Angeles who have really been grappling with this idea of let's cancel the rent, let's give families a break, and help them through this current crisis. Rudy, tell us a little bit about that work and what's happening right now. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tanua, and the LIST team. I'm really happy to be here with everybody. Inclusive Action is a CDFI. We're a lender. We provide microloans to small businesses that can't get capital from other places. But we also do advocacy. And Tanua, one of the things that we've been grappling with, with over 300 organizations in this coalition called the Healthy LA Coalition, we've been grappling with the issue of the mounting debt that people are taking on because they can't pay their rent. A lot of the clients that we're working with, small business clients, are months and months behind in their rent now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And there are a lot of organizations in LA that are mobilizing to raise awareness about this this crisis that's taking place in front of us and asking lawmakers to prepare plans on how we could suspend rent, cancel the rent, and also support mortgage holders, mortgage holders and small mom and pop property owners that rely on the rent to make themselves whole as well. And so there's a lot of organizations that are doing a lot of thinking about how can all levels of government support tenants in mom and pop landlords that really need help that are impacted by a virus that happened to us that we had no part in creating. I mean, when I hear you say that for some people, it might be abstract, but you lose your job unexpectedly. You already don't have enough savings to weather $400 sort of emergency. And now without income, you've got mounting rent and no way of getting access to the kind of income that would allow you to catch up, and even make a dent in what it is that you need to be able to accomplish to stay housed. So, Tak, you all at the Little Tokyo Service Center, you've got a portfolio. 
of housing units, many of which I imagine are serving very low-income families, some of whom are on fixed incomes, but others who are working in the service sector industry. What are you seeing in terms of sort of the mounting crisis as an owner and and holder of mission-based properties? What are you seeing in terms of families' ability to weather the storm right now? Yeah. Hi, Tanoa. Thank you for having me on. With regards to you know, this issue of people getting behind the rent, it's a serious issue that we've been facing, you know, primarily over this entire year. And even previous to this pandemic, you know, the issue of people being able to pay rent for quality housing has been an issue, in particularly in urban areas such as Los Angeles. What we're seeing in our portfolio is roughly about a 10% rent loss, you know, across our entire portfolio. And, you know, the longer this pandemic will go on, we're essentially getting more requests associated with rent relief, rent forgiveness, some type of rent deferment. But, you know, I think for us, the, the biggest issue is what's looming ahead in 2021 and 2022. Because, you know, right now with the eviction moratorium in place and, you know, not all organizations or not all landlords are, you know, mission-based organizations like the Little Tokyo Service Center. So really, at the end of the day, I think we really need to start thinking out of the box and we can't do business as we were doing prior to the pandemic. A lot of our residents in our buildings are essential workers, or, and as you mentioned, are in the service sector. And as you know, the businesses are closing again here in Los Angeles, you know, we're definitely seeing a rise in anxiety, which is real. So I think moving forward, like I think it's definitely important to have these types of conversations. And, you know, I really do appreciate you, Tanua, and LISC for facilitating this discussion to take place. Yeah, Tuck, I mean, it's great to know that there are mission-based developers out there who are doing their best to hold the line. But, you know, even you all, beyond the mission, you got to be able to pay the mortgage and be able to maintain the housing for everybody. So it's impacting all of us. Tom, looking at Genesis LA, you all are a co-leader and conspirator in trying to move capital to the places that need it most. And, you know, right now, sort of this call for cancel the rent is not so easy for everybody to hear. What do you think people hear or what are they grappling with when they hear that term, let's cancel the rent? Yeah, well, thank you, Tanua, for having me. It's great to be with Rudy and talk, good friends. I think you bring up a great point, Tanua, that I think some of the messaging around this idea, in some ways, it's sort of someone has to make a sacrifice for someone else to be okay. And I think we have to change that dichotomy a bit. You know, when you hear cancel the rent, how does the landlord (laughs) respond to that? How does the mortgage lender respond to that? But we have to do something. The consequences of not doing something will be dire and much more costly to society, I think, than even everybody having to take a little bit for the team, so to speak. So, but I do think the messaging is very important. All of this exists in an ecosystem, and the ecosystem as a whole has to sustain itself. Some folks, the lenders might have to defer, a landlord might you know, have to give up a little bit of rent, maybe the tenant has to pay something a little bit back over a very long term. But we do have to approach this, I think, holistically and at a national scale if we're really going to get through this. Yeah, Tom, I mean, you and I have talked a bit about this. And, you know, for many of these families, again, you know, folks just simply don't have the kind of savings to weather a very unexpected 
dragging on COVID crisis and leading to an economic crisis. So let's get into what we do next and where we go from here. We've seen a number of studies that show that if UCLA, for example, just put out a great study showing how in low-income neighborhoods, especially black and brown neighborhoods during the recession the last time around when folks couldn't pay the mortgage and pay the rent, those units went to larger REITs and LLCs that scooped up properties in neighborhoods and thereby exacerbated this concept of not being able to own and afford in your own neighborhood. So gentlemen, let's get right to you know where we go from here. Rudy, we've got the opportunity to let legislators know that it's important that we are there to stand in for families who need our help and support. And isn't part of this so critical? Because if we don't do that, given our homelessness crisis, this is something that we've got to stand up for now so that we don't pay for it even more, both in a human tragedy as well as from a financial standpoint. I think what you just said right now, Tanu, is really important that it will be much more expensive for us as a society if we don't do anything to support the families that are struggling and impacted by COVID-19. If we do have mass evictions, I think some scholars are saying 40 million people are struggling to pay the rent at the moment. That's a lot of people that's going to impact our economy. We did a study recently at Inclusive Action that looked at the cost of eviction. And I think a lot of people don't know that it's not only the rent that's due, but it's also the cost of moving, the cost of maybe getting legal support, the cost of storing your stuff, the cost of moving your kids to a different school system. There's all these different costs that are, are a burden on us. And I think that if lawmakers were here listening, I would say that this is an, an, a time for us to come up with a solution together. There's a lot of experts like Talk and Tom that I, I'm sure that if if the president called Tom, I'm sure he'll pick up and said, great, let's let's bring, let's let's brainstorm here and figure out how to get this done. It depends um, which one, it, Rudy. Depends I, which that's, president. That's, <laughs> that's true. But I think what I find, Tanua, is that unfortunately, sometimes in the spirit of just trying to get things done fast and trying to get to the press conference, we're not thinking thoughtfully about how to get things done. And there's people that have dedicated their careers to figuring out how to implement these type of relief systems. And what I would tell legislators is let's make this a priority. Let's make sure that we're all aligned with the value that everybody should have a place to live. And let's bring to the table the implementers that know how to get this done. And I think we could get it done. I think we could, just like the vaccine companies are working day and night to figure out a vaccine, we could do the same thing for housing. I love it. We need to be operation warp speed for making sure that families stay in their homes, right? And making sure that families are able to remain whole and to be able to dig out of the debt that unfortunately COVID-19 has caused for a lot of folks. Talker, Tom, I'm going to just take one last you know, quick comment from the two of you, and then I'm going to get ready to wrap up. Anything you want to add in terms of where we go from here? What's next? Sure. I think right before we got on live, Someone was saying, I think it was you, Tanua, about some of the incentive payments that landlords were declining them because they could make more money if they replaced the tenant. And I think, you know, just like the pandemic and a tenant's ability to pay rent or inability to pay rent was was not of their doing, there shouldn't be anyone who's able to benefit from that consequence, right? And so potentially, to Rudy's point about legislation and how we deal with this, if we can take the incentives to not cooperate from the landlord and the lender side off the table, that there isn't a reward for not. If you were to replace a tenant, for example, 
the rent has to be what it was for the last tenant. I think there are ways that we could disincentivize folks not coming to the table and help us get to a solution that is equitable for all. I love that. Yes, that's going to be super, super critical. So talk, I'm going to get ready to close this out for today. I would say that as far as some of the where do we go from here, we've talked about the concept of cancel the rent, who hears that and how they hear it and why. But behind that, we've peeled back and looked at we've got real families who we are trying to maintain their livelihood. And our goal is to make sure that happens. From a long-term perspective, I do believe that home ownership still should be a pathway so that we can help people weather these kinds of storms. You can weather it a little better if you happen to be a homeowner. So giving more renters a chance to do that. But in the meantime, it's going to be critical that renters have representation. Rudy, you talked about making sure that we've got resources so that renters can protect themselves during this time. And we've talked about the fact that if we can help someone now with a dollar, we could save up to $3.50 in the future in terms of additional costs that we have to share and bear as a society because people are not housed well. We've talked about the need for tenant relief, so pools of money that are available for tenants, but we also recognize that there are small landlords and owners who also need support, but we want to make sure that we compel them to pay responsibly, right, Tom, so that if there is a chance to be able to benefit that they're responsible in how they're benefiting and that they're compelled to do so. So with that, I'll close us out for today in terms of our quick conversation around how do we solve the crisis of the aluminum eviction and what it means to call for the canceling the rent. I want to thank Rudy, Tuck, and Tom for joining me as part of this really timely and important conversation. Your thoughts and insights were super valuable. This episode of Changemakers LA was made possible by our partner, J.P. Morgan Chase. If you'd like to learn more about how we support place-based initiatives for housing and economic development, lending at LISC LA, please visit us online at www.lisc.org backslash Los Angeles and follow us on Twitter at LISC underscore LA. That's L-I-S-C underscore LA. You can find the rest of the series on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to hear more conversations about the people and places that shape Los Angeles.